Welcome to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. This bi-weekly podcast is designed to be a safe space to admit what we truly believe in our hearts. There's a huge difference between having biblical knowledge floating around in our heads and actually believing that it's true. Until God's truth makes its way into our hearts, nothing changes. We'll be doing a mix of solo episodes and interviews with friends who have experienced the freedom that comes when head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. We'll talk about overcoming lies in our relationships, mental health struggles, and the way we see ourselves. The truth will set you free so that you can walk every day in the freedom God desires for you. It's time to let go of those pressures, insecurities, and burdens. That's not yours to carry. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. It's such a joy to be making a new episode for you as it's one of my favorite things to do. And I'm bringing a new guest to us. Erica, why don't you introduce yourself, you know, who you are, what you do, your family, and a fun fact. Sure. Yeah. Um, So I'm Erica Renault, and my name looks like Renaud. So people say Renaud, which is fine, but it's pronounced (laughs) Renault. And I tell people, it's not Reyes, it's Renault. (laughs) And that seems to stick. So uh, yeah, I'm married into that name. Um, Yeah, my husband and I have five children. And um, I I think like, I was thinking about the question, what do you do? Mostly a stay at home mom, um, taking care of my family and our house. Um, But I have like this little side thing that I love, which is speaking and writing. So I've been speaking uh, pretty consistently at different uh, women's events and conferences, you know, Christian, Christian events for uh, about six years now. And I'm writing and I have a book coming out, which we'll get to. And, um, but yeah, but primarily I am, you know, a stay at home mom, very, very involved in our local church. I saw, I tend to forget that. Uh, I tend to leave that out of interviews, but, um, but yeah, my husband and I lead prayer together. My husband's on staff at our local church. Um, very involved there doing the things, but, uh, that about sums it up. <laughs> that's awesome. And I feel like with, if there's one spouse that's on staff at a church, the other person is also on staff, but just unofficially, you know what I mean? <laughs> unofficially. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Our church is, our church is good about like not intention like I don't know trying to like give the spouse like freedom and not like pulling them in mm-hmm. I am like a more ambitious kind of a person so I um yeah so that it's not really my in my personality to sort of like sit back so mm-hmm. um yeah so so I'm there <laughs> so you're like yes I'm here I'm volunteering for everything <laughs> I'm here and I like being here <laughs> and one fun fact about yourself oh gosh um well since we're doing a podcast I probably my fun fact is I have long dreadlocks which people wouldn't be able to see listening to a podcast mm-hmm. so how I long guess have you had them uh over five years it's so. like a is it a lifelong commitment or is it just a decade <laughs> commitment to dreads it's not, it's 
I don't know that you could put like a time on it, but it's definitely a commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, people ask me all the time, like, well, what are you going to do when you don't want them anymore? I'm like, I don't know, cut them. If I want to like tediously, like brush some of them out, I could, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a commitment. Like for yeah. anyone who's listening, that's like considering getting dreads, don't do it unless you're committed. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to have a time limit on it, but like, I would say just commit to it. Mm-hmm. yeah it's not like bangs that'll grow out completely in six months or so yeah I think the way I convinced my husband like yeah I definitely want to do this was I said like I am gonna have them for at least three years okay yeah so there there's a good starting point for mm-hmm. people if if for some reason there's a listener that's like been pondering getting dreadlocks <laughs> <laughs> okay <Erica>. three years <laughs> so what have you been set free from? So I was thinking about this question and I was going to say I've been set free from a lot of temptations and that's true. But I think the bigger truth is that I've been set free from feeling as though I need to change myself. Hmm. So, um, in high school, so I was raised, um, Christian, but in high school, it's like so cliche. I, I really hate saying it. Like I was raised in a Christian home, but da, 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 right. there's some there's some point of struggle that often enters the story at most people's testimony. And so for me, uh, that point of struggle entered about high school. And um, I just, you know, as Christians, we're called to walk this straight and narrow path, right? Um, but it was in high school that I realized like this other path, has a lot more like interesting things happening along it. Um, So I really just got lured into a lot. Um, I, I often think of my story similar to um, there's that, there's a classic book um, Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. And it's like this allegorical story of the journey that Christians go on and the main character is named Christian And so Christian enters this city called Vanity Fair and Vanity Fair is trying to lure Christian away from his mission in life um, by like showing shiny temptations and all these things. Like, so Vanity Fair is like throwing out all these things to like lure Christian away from his true mission. But Christian, you know, like a, like a good Christian soldier or like not soldiers, not good, but, um, I don't know what they call him as a good Christian uh, person. He ignores those temptations and just continues on his journey. But my story was, I saw those temptations and I was like, Oh, that's cool. Like, Oh, and that other thing is cool too. And yeah, like, like give me more of that. So I was completely um, lured away in high school. And I, what happened was I would um, just like fail devastatingly um I don't know how, like how else to word that but just like kind of like give up on I guess like trying to be a Christian for like a few months at a time and mm-hmm. then there would be some kind of like an altar call at youth group or something like that where I'd be like oh gosh like Lord I'm so sorry like I have wandered so far and I am going to follow you for real this time <laughs> Mm -hmm. and um and so I would you know be regular at the bible studies at youth group all of those things for a few months and like inevitably I would fall back into the same temptations and so that cycle 
pretty much described my time in high school was just following God and then failing devastatingly. And I got to this point where um, I would repent and return back to God, but I almost like didn't even believe myself. Like I can vividly remember praying one time, like, God, forgive me for these things, but also I know that I'm going to do them again. Mm-hmm. And so it was this really um, weird place that I found myself. And then, and I eventually started praying and this is where I, I where I feel like things started to change. I eventually prayed, God, I need you to change me because I cannot change myself. Like I just got to a point that I gave up on myself um, to do what I was supposed to do as a Christian, which, which for me literally meant just not doing certain things, not hanging out with the people I shouldn't be hanging out with, not smoking, drinking, you know, having relationships with other guys you know, it's like, just don't do those things, Erica, and you can be a good Christian. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I, I could not. So I got to a place where I was like, God, I need you to change me. I'm failing miserably at this be a Christian thing. I'm not cut out for, it. I don't have what it takes. And the, the cool thing is I remember learning as a kid about the, the, the scripture that talks about how we are the clay and God is the potter. And I remember having that image in my head when I prayed that, like, God, I need, like, I am some messed up clay. I need you to change me. Um, and so, so yeah, when I gave up on changing myself, I, um, I, I trusted God to change me. And um, by the end of my senior year, my, my senior year was kind of a mess because I really, um, I was just tired of trying to be a Christian and failing both of those things. I was Mm -hmm. tired of being a Christian and failing. I wanted to be a Christian, right? But Mm -hmm. I was, I was tired of trying to do it and failing. So my senior year, I became very like apathetic to just everything. I figured, you know what, if I'm going to fail, it'd be easier to fail, like, and not care. So, um, Mm -hmm. so I messed up bad, hard, um, but I tried not to let it bother my conscience, but I also went to church, but tried not to get too excited about things. So um, at the end of my senior year, I found out I was pregnant with a little girl. Well, I didn't find out that it was a girl right away, but I found out I was pregnant. And, um, and that's what God used to change me. He did it. He answered my prayers to change me. And it was through that pregnancy um, that my heart really changed. It was, it was as if that nine months of pregnancy, um, God was just weeding out those desires of my heart one by one Mm -hmm. so that I was positioned to fully follow him in a way that I had never, never followed him before, like to be wholeheartedly following him for the first time. So yeah, I was freed from a ton of temptations Um, but you know, as I'm, I'm, I'm in mid, my mid thirties now, right. So new temptations. So I'm not temptation. I'm not tempted by, you know, high school boys anymore. Right. So, but there's new things that are always coming in. Um, but I have been freed from feeling like I need to change myself because I know that God has changed me, continues to change me. And it's not like up to me to make myself Jesus, right? <laughs> or make my, you know, when God says, "Be perfect as I am perfect," He does not just like, okay, go do it, and leaves us on our own to do that. So, yeah, 
yeah that's beautiful yeah and that takes a lot of pressure off it's like we pray we ask we believe but if we could change ourselves we would have already done it yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and I couldn't that the kind of change that I went through in that time couldn't be manufactured um there was obviously a, a level of maturity that I was um I don't know, transported into rather quickly um, that, you know, if anyone has experienced unplanned pregnancy, things change like you, you know, obviously physically, but mentally, emotionally, everything changes. And, um, and I just, I praise God that he was a part of that change because also, I don't know, you could change in a million ways during pregnancy. You could become, you know, more bitter, you could be become more set in your um, rebellion against God, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just praise God that he, he used that time um, to just, yeah, to, to free me, to free me up, to change me. So it's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Good stuff. And in your story, I hear a central theme of prayer and asking the Lord um, for him to change you and and then that final like you that during that process turning towards him yeah and a lot of that is through prayer so I just want to hear from you as a woman who has experienced the power of prayer and the Lord changing her life um, why is prayer essential to a believer's life not just something that's like supplemental or on the side but why is it essential yeah no that's good um, well, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that is that, that, that right there is the key statement is that it is essential. And, um, and I hope that, you know, when we think about our time as believers, like prayer is what makes us a believer. It's like, we're praying, uh, Jesus, forgive me, Holy spirit, enter into my life. You know, I'm trusting you like that's prayer, right? So Um, why would, if prayer, if prayer is what brings you into that, why would you then just leave that behind? So, um, I, I don't know when I think about prayer, um, a a lot of other religions are very focused on the things that we do. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, God gives us some rules, some forms, some like, here's what life should look like, right? Like basic 10 commandments, um, you might even look at the Sermon on the Mount also, right? It's, these are like some good things. But, but Jesus says, abide in me, right? Remain in me. And, uh, and, then he, and then he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you know, you can't bear any fruit. He compares us, you know, to, to being connected to the vine. He says, abide in me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So all these things that God has given us to do, all these ways that we know we should be living, we can't apart from prayer, apart from a relationship with God. So it's not that he tells us, you know, these things to do and step back, steps back and mm-hmm leaves us to do it on our own he's saying like this is a together thing i'm after your heart i'm after a relationship um and that was kind of the piece that the pharisees missed right like they missed that jesus had come to establish a relationship with his people um that it wasn't just like this religious 
thing. So I don't know. Like, I don't think you can do that apart from prayer. I don't Mm -hmm. think you can commune with the Holy Spirit. I don't think you can listen to God. I don't think you can fully trust him uh, if you're not praying. I I feel like those things are all connected and intertwined. Mm -hmm. That was a round. That was a that was a not clear answer. But those are just like a lot of my no, I think, <laughs> I think that makes sense of like, it's essential because you literally just can't do anything apart from him. And how do we communicate with him through prayer? Exactly. We're, 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 if, if you don't pray, I don't think you're a Christian because mm-hmm. that, because you cannot abide in Christ. You cannot fully trust him mm-hmm. without prayer. It's just, it's how we're connected. So, yeah. yeah. And this verse may be familiar to some listeners but it's first Thessalonians. oh my gosh that's a hard word first thessalonians, thessalonians <laughs> 5 verse 17 says pray without ceasing that's paul's instruction to thessalonians but what does that practically look like in our lives because i've been you know thinking to myself does it literally mean you talk with god all day long every day or does it mean that you have you know, a central time of prayer throughout your day. I would just love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, pray without ceasing. It seems like unattainable, but this is, this is sort of my thought is um, when we become Christians, when we um, invite the Holy spirit to um, live and dwell in us right which is the promise to all believers is the gift is having that holy spirit or the counselor with us um i i think that pray without ceasing i don't know like to its fullest capacity what it is but i know it begins with the constant awareness that god is with us so he's with my thoughts Mm -hmm. he's with my feelings when I'm like pondering things or wondering what to do, he's there. And so, I mean, if you, it, this isn't really a good comparison, but I, but for lack of a better comparison, if I was with my husband all day and I wasn't sure where I wanted to eat, like I would ask him cause he's right there. Like I would talk to him mm-hmm. <laughs> if I, if I'm, you know, making plans for something like I'm going to ask him, Hey, what about da da da? Or or if I have thoughts, I'm going to talk to him about it. So like, so I would be a terrible wife if I just ignored the fact that he was right there with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what it looks like to its fullest capacity. You know, if Paul had his like in the forefront of his mind was speaking to God through everything he did. That's amazing. Um, and that is like absolutely something that would be fabulous for us to be able to do. Um, but I think at the very least, it's just having a constant awareness that God is with us and uh, maybe, maybe not just awareness, maybe awareness, like, and acknowledging that he is with us, like in our thoughts and our actions, um, all those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That reminds me of this book I read, I think back in February, but um, it's called The Practice of the Presence of God. Have you heard of it? No, that sounds fabulous, though. It's this tiny little book, and it's a collection of this monk's um, 
it's a Catholic monk, pretty sure. <laughs> and it's his, some of his journals and some of his letters to other people. And he just constantly emphasizes over and over how important practicing God's presence is in that you realize he's with you and then incorporating him into those bland, ordinary moments in your day. It yeah. actually changed like how I go throughout my day in general. Yeah, that's that sounds great. You should uh, put that in the show notes. I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes when we're praying, I've been in this boat before. I feel like, you know, what whether what we're asking God for is something really big or feels like something very small. Sometimes we feel just a lack of faith in mm-hmm. we ask, but we don't have the faith that it's actually going to happen or actually going to receive it. So what do we do if we feel that drought of faith in our lives? Yeah. Um, I feel like there, yeah. I mean, if, if, hmm, that's a big question. So if you have a lack of faith, like for a specific thing you're praying about, I feel like that's a little bit different than a whole like season where there's a lack of faith. So if you feel a lack of faith about some, about a specific thing that, that I could be wrong, but that may be the Holy Spirit saying, that's not, that's not on my agenda. That's not on my heart right now. Um, you know, that, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That if we're, if we're praying for something and we just have this inherent thought that like, I don't think God's going to answer this one. That, that may actually be the Holy Spirit saying, that's not, um, that's not, that's not in my plans. It may not be. Um, I, you know, I could be wrong for sure. If you have a, a season where there's a lack of faith and you're praying, but you're like, I don't know if you're there. I don't know if anybody hears me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if this is doing anything. Um, I My advice would be to keep praying because, I mean, the fact that you are praying still in that lack of faith season shows that you have some faith shows that you have something that you're holding on to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have found from my own personal experience, I went through a pretty long period where I felt like that. I felt like, is God here? Does he hear me? What's going on? I, I felt like I just had a million reasons to doubt and almost no reasons to hold on, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I didn't give up praying. That's the one thing. And the other thing is if, if, uh, if there's like a listener in that sort of a season or, you know, well, actually, even if you're not now, you probably will. I feel like that's just part, part of the course oftentimes. Part of of existing. (laughs) Part of existing. Right. Yeah. Is, um, is to remember because there's a theme this one time I went read through the Bible in 90 days it was this challenge that my church was doing and actually in the end I was the only one that fully completed it but I read through the Bible in 90 days yeah it was great and um and what's awesome when you read through the Bible that fast is that there's those major themes stand out to you way more than you would if you're like slowly digesting everything so this theme of remembering was just huge to me and it seemed, and, and well, I don't want to say it seemed, it is that when the Israelites turned away, God said, you forgot. Hmm. 
Hmm. You for, and it could have been like, you know, way generations after Egypt, but God was like, you forgot what I did in Egypt. You forgot, you know, how I provided for you. You forgot that I've given you this land. You forgot my mighty works. Right. And so there was this remembering. Um, So actually what I started doing um, because of that was my husband and I had this little like shoebox where we keep literally just um, like slips of paper, sometimes like post-its. Now I just put a stack of index cards in there. So that makes a little bit more sense. It's not so chaotic. But when God does something or answers a prayer or something, we're just like, wow, we write it down and put it in that box. And, um, and so there was a lot of times in that season of doubt that I had to force myself to remember. Erica, remember when you prayed specifically for this and that happened? Do you think that was a coincidence? And this is what I think our mind does in seasons of, seasons of doubt. We're like, well, yeah, I mean, that could have happened for a whole number of reasons. And your brain just kind of starts listening like, well, this and this and this. Here's all. Not be God. But as I went through the box, it's like by the time I've read a dozen, two dozen things, it's like, Erica, really, you think all of these things are a coincidence? It's just the evidence becomes overwhelming. And Mm -hmm. so you just kind of have to admit to yourself, I'm in a crappy season. I hate this. God, I'm hanging on with very little, but I'm going to keep hanging on. Because I'm looking at what you've done in my life. And if nothing else, I need to hang on. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. So that's my advice. (laughs) Those those are my thoughts. (laughs) That's really good. And the shoebox idea is genius. So I would advise any listeners to go ahead, pull out your favorite shoebox and um, pile it up with answered prayers. (laughs) You absolutely should. So I wrote on Sharpie, it's called the Ark. (laughs) Because in the ark of the covenant um that's where they kept the 10 commandments that's where they kept the manna that's where they kept aaron's step mm-hmm. when it budded and so those things were remembrance some people call it the ark of the testimony like it's a testimony of what god has done so yeah like start your own ark start your own testimony of what god has done um it's not only like a good way to honor him it's a good way to celebrate what he's done and I don't know, like you and I have already said, like everyone's going to experience those seasons where they're doubting. So it'll be Mm -hmm. good to return to. So, yeah, that's even like the word says, how do we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony? Amen. That's right. So we're talking about prayer in terms of seasons and in the fact that it changes throughout life. So could you tell us how prayer has looked different for you in different seasons of your life? Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking really practical here with that question, like what it has practically looked like. And um, I remember in like middle school or junior high, somebody, I, they weren't even talking to me. I just overheard them say that if you write out your prayers, you're um, less likely to fall asleep or like lose focus, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which was a big problem for me as a kid. So I actually started the practice of writing out my prayers. And for years I've used my journal as a way to focus my attention on God. And there's something about, you know, just moving our hand, keeping, you know, having some physical action with our prayers that stay engaged. 
And so that was um, for a lot of years, the, the primary, like what prayer I would say looked like for me was writing out prayers. When I was in high school, writing out prayers on my bed mm-hmm. at night when I'm struggling, you know, like all those things. So that's not to say that I didn't pray other times of the day, but, but if I'm looking at, you know, the, if I'm going through highlights of my life, what it primarily looked like, I would say there was a long season where, um, journaling is what prayer looked like. So moving into having children, moving into, you know, a season where, um, yeah, I don't know, I guess like young adult life would probably be the describe it twenties, I guess, um, where just things are, uh, just looking different. I didn't stop journaling, but reading the Bible also became the way that I prayed. So whereas before it was primarily just me writing out my thoughts, um, in my um, young adult life, prayer looked a lot like just praying in response to the Bible. So I remember reading through the Psalms and just being like, oh my gosh, like the Psalms are amazing. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and just uh, that I would intentionally use them as um, starting, I don't even want to say starting points as if like I left the Bible, but like they would, they would instruct my prayer time, the Psalms. Um, and oh, I mean, not even just the Psalms. Like I remember coming across Jesus's instructions in Matthew and it's just like, he would, you know, he would say, whatever you did, the least, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. And my heart would just be like, Oh Jesus, like, let me never overlook you. Like, let me, let me serve other people around me like you, you know? And so I would say moving into my young adult life, my prayer shifted from not just like me to God, um, but to me, like engaging with God through his word, which I feel like was very deep and very rich. And I continue to journal, um, but uh, and, well, even journaling, it was a lot of like writing out scripture and writing out scriptures into prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as life has gotten busier, so probably later 20s, 30s, um, prayer has, I've relied more on um, like being on the go prayers. I've relied on praying while I'm doing things. Praying together as a family has been huge um, to make that a practice praying throughout my young adult years and my thirties, I've always had, um, my husband and I have led, um, times of worship and prayer at our local church. So whether that was weekly or monthly, those times of prayers like corporate praying together has been incredibly powerful, um, and essential. I would say when we were, um, at our previous church, we were having prayer, nights weekly and they were my favorite part of the week literally the highlight of my week Um, because you can pray in a different way when you're praying with a group of people when you're praying at your church you know away from your messy house away from your to-do list Mm -hmm. right when you leave and pray Um, so so that's a lot of information I would say the last thing is I do still journal my prayers um, for sure my journal is like pretty key but, um, and, and the Bible is pretty key. Um, but the other thing I do, and this is just a little bit odd, but I feel like I should share anyway, cause who knows how it might help somebody is I just sit on my bed and rock. 
like I rock back and forth or sometimes side to side. There's usually worship music playing. And, and instead of like my hand writing on a journal to physically engage, um, I I'm physically engaging my rocking. So mm-hmm. like if, if I'm starting to, if my mind's starting to wander, eventually I'll remember, eventually my body will be like, Oh, I'm rocking. Or, you know, my mind will be like, my body's rocking because I'm praying. And so like, mm-hmm. it gets me back on track. And the other thing is, I think sometimes there's, there's some things that I just feel too urgent about to, to slowly write out. Right. And so rocking is just like an outlet for that like urgency in my heart. So I feel like the rocking is works both ways. I rock because I feel an urgency within me. And sometimes I rock because my heart is, you know, my mind and heart are wandering. And I need to say to myself, like, focus, you know, focus on the things of God, you know, pray, get going. Yeah. So. Wow. It's so funny how you say that you rock in your bed when you pray, because literally a week ago, yeah, a week ago today, um, I was praying for a friend of mine. And while I was praying for her, I just felt like I got this picture of her rocking in her bed. Like, oh, that's so funny. And I told her that I was like, yeah, I feel like that came to mind. And like, feel free to do that in your bed. Just pretend like, I mean, I pretend, but imagine, (laughs) imagine that God is like with you, holding you, rocking you because you're in communication with him. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, like there's a, there's a live webcam of the, um, the, I want to call it the wailing wall, the wailing wall, the Western wall. I don't know the, the remnant of the temple of the wall around the temple in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And so there's people there all the time. And if you, if you look at those people there, they're, they're moving. Like nobody's just sitting still. They're moving their hands, they're pacing, they're rocking. Like there's this, there's this physical agreement with what it is that we're doing, which is we're communicating with a holy God. So it's like, it makes sense that we wouldn't just sit, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. So even as you mentioned that your life has gotten busier as now you have five kids, what would you encourage someone with if they just feel like they don't have the space, like the physical space or the emotional energy it takes to pray or prayer just doesn't look like what it used to in their life because of how their life is right now? Mm-hmm. How would you encourage them? Yeah. Um Okay, so the first thing I'd say is that our as busy as our life is, there is always margins somewhere. So, um, so I'd say the first step was kind of identify those margins. So, for me, those margins would be um, doing the dishes, folding laundry, mm-hmm. driving. Right? Those are all margins, and the beautiful thing. I feel like that I've discovered about God is that he's willing to meet me in the margins of my life. If I said to a friend, Hey, could you come over for five minutes and talk to me while I'm doing the dishes? She'd be like, Oh my gosh, I'm not going to drive 35 minutes to chat with you, you know, while you do dishes for five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 40 minutes, depending on how many dishes I have, you know, (laughs) but, but God is willing to meet with us in the margins with whatever um, space we have. So, I have found that the margins is the best place um, to meet with God. So, and the other thing is I, I, I totally get for anyone who feels like I don't have mental 
emotional capacity. Um, yeah, like as a mom, definitely very little emotional capacity. Sometimes as a student, you know, in college or something, like no mental capacity, right? Um, but the other beautiful thing is that we, you know, there, there's that verse of the Holy Spirit interceding, uh, even when we don't have words. And the thing about prayer is prayer is our heart connecting with God's heart. And that doesn't always have to be done through words, right? Like, mm -hmm. like I'm thinking about, I don't always have to tell my husband I love him. I can come up behind him and give him a hug. Well, okay. So I don't know what a hug, you know, for God looks like, but we can connect with him. We can connect with our heart, even when words aren't there, which if you're, you know, emotionally spent or mentally spent, you may not come up with the words. Mm -hmm. um, I was walking through my neighborhood, uh, I don't know, like two months ago now, and it had just rained. And I just felt like totally drained. It had like nothing in me. But, um, but I'm walking through the neighborhood and I just like smelling the rain. <laughs> and I was like, oh, like that's nice. I, don't, I didn't like consciously think that's nice, but I just like noticed that like what it's like, what is it like what it smelt like after it had rained, right? Mm -hmm. And then I walked past another house. Like our, our, the street that we live on, the houses are pretty close together. Um, the next house had, I could tell somebody was doing laundry because I could smell that like um, fabric softener kind of smell. Um, there was a house that somebody was smoking outside. And not that that, you know, not that all the smells that I smelt were pleasant, but it's just like smells of life. And, um, like evidence, just evidence of God. And so I don't know, like, I didn't have a conversation with God per se. Like I said this and he said this, there's like some like agenda or like some back and forth, mm -hmm. but I felt like that whole walk, my heart was connecting with God's heart. I was just enjoying the signs of life around me that he had provided that he mm -hmm. put there, you know, it's like evidence of him. Uh, it was almost like a worshipful walk in a way, even though I wasn't thinking I'm going to worship God or I'm going to try to connect with God. It's just, I just was because I was delighting in his creation. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. I think that's a thing too. Like when there's just things that we're just, you know, that, that give us joy or that we notice, like just acknowledging that that's from God. Um, being yeah having our heart connect with them even if it's not through you know this specific set of words <laughs> yeah so that makes a lot of sense and i feel like that's sometimes the per the purpose of worship music in like the words are already provided for you yeah so you are able to connect with god without coming up with new words to say yeah yes yeah you ever feel like you want to get organized but just don't have the time to? Maybe the planners you bought in the past have been helpful for just a little bit, but then you lose it or completely forget it exists? Let me tell you about Life in Order. Life in Order is a business that makes 100% customized bullet journals to help set you up to thrive in your goals, homework, relationships, and personal growth. They have paper and digital bullet journals, so if paper is not your thing, you can use it on your computer or tablet. There's also so many adorable stickers and notepads to choose from so you can decorate your workspace and keep it tidy. My bullet journal was a game changer for me, 
and since I customized it, it was already set up for what I personally needed. So if you're ready to get your life in order, you can find their products today on lifeinordershop.com and use the code JENNY15, that's J-E-N-N-Y-1-5, to get 15% off your purchase. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and order a product today. And I want to ask you, do you have any resources for anyone who wants to learn more or wants to dig into this topic more? And in this, I would love if you just shared your book that's coming out and where people can find it. Sure. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I guess my first resource, there's a lot, there's a lot of books on prayer. Um, Timothy Keller has a book called prayer. It's like pretty intense. Um, I've always liked Stormy O'Martin. She is like Stormy. uh, Okay. So Stormy O'Martin has written the power of a praying parent, the power of a praying wife the power of a praying friend oh Um, I I see those at Hobby Lobby (laughs) yeah right yes so just as far as like a practical starter I think that's great I'd also recommend um I think it's called praying through the bible like something really simple but it's by Donald S. Whitney and it's the shortest read I swear he must have done like a sermon series and someone was like oh let's put this into a book and he was like okay sure like it read like I, I feel like when you read it you're like okay that was like three sermons okay boom <laughs> you know so you can feel accomplished after you read that but praying through the bible is um th- this book by donald whitney it's just like it's like how to read the bible and have reading the bible be the way that you commune with god so you're growing intellectually but you're also but your heart is also growing transforming your communing with the Holy Spirit at the same time, right? Which I, I really, once I got into that, I really never moved away from it. Mm. Um, and so I think that that would be really key if people are looking to grow in prayer is if you you're really using the Bible as a starting point. Um, and then I also really like a guy named Daniel Henderson, who I'd never, I've never heard anyone else talk about him before, but um, Daniel Henderson has tons of resources on prayer um, he has a book called transforming prayer. I would probably, maybe I would start with that. Now, okay. now I'm, I'm thinking he's, he has a lot of books on prayer. So honestly, you could just search Daniel mm-hmm. Henderson and then just kind of like choose whatever. I think he has like a 21 day book, like jumpstart your prayer. I, that would probably be a good place to start too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, for any listeners who have children, my book called pray with me, help your children engage in authentic and powerful prayer comes out April 4th of 2023. So whether you have kids or whether you know someone who has kids, um, I would love for you to look at that book. Um, the, the whole book, basically I started speaking and I offered this session about praying with children, which a lot of people talk about praying for your children. Um, Mm -hmm. but I offered this session and people, um, had me back and kept, you know, and word spread. And so that kind of ended up being the thing that I spoke about most was praying with your children. And I realized like, wow, people are um, hungry to learn how they can help their kids engage in this super simple, yet complex and mysterious thing called prayer. And so that's basically what I set out to do um, in the book, Pray With Me, is just kind of come alongside parents so that they can come alongside their kids and pray with them and teach them some theology of prayer 
um, we get into like practical, like what prayer looks like. So um, everything from like deep to surface. um, Yeah. Is in pray with me. I I think it's really important for people to pray with their kids at a young age um, Mm -hmm. and have that be kind of like a foundation of, of the home, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I'll link it in the show notes. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Um, If you had just had any final encouragement for someone who has felt stuck in their prayer life for a while and they want to get out of that rut, just any final thoughts or encouragement you'd share with them? Um, Yeah, I I would say if you feel stuck um, emotionally, then I would say you just need to commit to praying every day to decide how long you're going to pray for. And just commit to praying every day. Because if you feel stuck emotionally, a lot of times we want to just like stop praying, right? So I would say just commit to praying every day. If you feel stuck, like you pray every day, um, but you're you're not, maybe uh, emotionally maybe isn't the right way to describe it. If you pray every day, but you feel like your heart isn't like fully in it, um, then I would say introduce the Bible and just start praying from the scriptures. So, um, you know, starting the Psalms would be the best place to start. So that would be like my two practical tips, just like commit to doing it and then, and use the word, um, the word's not going to steer you wrong. So that's Mm -hmm. my encouragement and it's not going to last. Like, I think, I think your listeners might like, I think are a little bit younger than my peer group. Mm -hmm. And if you're like feeling like you're in a crappy season, hang on. Seasons are always temporary. So yeah, that's my encouragement. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a guest today, Erica, and sharing your experience, part of your testimony and your advice. And we're so excited for your book to come out in April. Oh, thanks. I'm, I'm excited too. <laughs> oh, Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Head to Heart Podcast. It's a joy to record them and a joy to have you listen. I love hearing from you. So if any part of this episode was helpful, go ahead, share it on your Instagram story and tag us. The handle is head to heart underscore podcast. And if you would be so kind, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or our website. It helps out the show so much when you do. We'll be releasing episodes to you every other Friday, so stay tuned and thanks for joining us. Thank you.